Cartooning is a hugely, a, a hugely important part, not only of political opinion but social commentary. I think, I think it is the most effective uh, commentary there is. How else can, uh, can you expose folly, hypocrisy and wrongdoing with a few strokes of a pen? Napoleon said cartoonists did more than all the, all the armies in Europe to bring him down. King Louis-Philippe, the citizen king, said it was an act of violence. We are hearing the same from modern-day elites. More and more cartoonists are being warned off covering certain identities and topics. We have, we have accusations of racism, sexism and other isms and phobias and viral campaigns for cancellation. Criticise or laugh at the wrong people and you could lose your job, your livelihood or even your life. It is true that it can hurt to be drawn in a cartoon, but it also can be part of being in public life. And it means you have achieved something. Uh, when I first uh, put in a, was put in a political cartoon, a political mentor of mine uh, called to congratulate me. He said, you made it. If some ca categories of people cannot be ridiculed, we are saying that they cannot be fully part of public life. How bigoted is that? And when we when we force political commentators to avoid some topics, we are oft, we too often ignore and avoid important issues, Sweep, sweeping problems under the rug. Can cartooning survive the woke era? And what will happen if it cannot? Tonight on Monday's talks, uh, truth talking. I have three of Australia's best political cartoonists to talk about these issues. Joanna Leek of The Australian, Mark Knight of The Herald Sun, and Warren Brown of The Daily Telegraph. Welcome, fellas. How are you going? Good. Well, thanks, thanks, Warren. <laughs> That's good. Uh, we said Warren Brown's running a bit late, but he'll be there here soon. Anyway, look, uh, let's go back to uh, King, King Louis-Philippe where he said it is an act of violence. And this is what we're seeing uh, around the place. And you have been very much at the, uh, been attacked in this area. Uh, you know, just uh, could you tell us about, uh, you know, is, you, know where, you know, where have we, where has society gone in this, in this space? Hello, Warren. Hello, Warren. Lovely to have two yeah. Warrens on the show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've got a middle Warren too in uh, Mark Knight, Mark Warren Knight. Yeah, Johannes, do you would you like to deal with that? Well, yeah, look, you, it's a good point you make, Warren. Um, uh, I, it's only ever people, I, I believe, you know, to 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 call a cartoon an act of violence, uh, you know, it really means that the problem the problem is the cartoon actually must be hitting on something uh, that, that the people depicted quite possibly don't want you to uh, to know or to understand. I mean, you, you, you show that amazing Dormier cartoon and, um, you know, there's a, there's a monarch who doesn't like the way he's been depicted, so he decides to... He, he, he deems it to be an act of violence and, you know, possibly illegal and, and that's the way you shut people up. And, I mean, cartoons often are a way for... Uh, you know, sentiment to find its way, uh, you know, through the pen of the of the cartoonist into the the public sphere, into the newspapers, and um, 
quite often it's the role of the cartoonist to sort of to tap into that um, that collective kind of sentiment and uh, and kind of reproduce it, um, transmit it in a funny way, in a funny way that encapsulates uh, the silliness of the situation or the pompousness of a person or their hypocrisy or their pretentiousness um, or their, you know, any number of foibles. And um, and I think if, if people are telling you to shut up or they're, they're, decide, they're, they're deciding all of a sudden that a cartoon is now something like an act of violence, it's because they're trying to hide something or... Uh, or they really, they really genuinely have a problem with free expression. You know, that's what I, what I worry about. Yep. Uh, uh, Mark, is it, is it, you know, you've been under attack as well. Uh, is it because uh, uh, the, uh, the total society changes? Because I, I agree, you know, it's a good way to uh, deal with people of power and, and people who are self-righteous and that and about how you can, you can expose uh, some of some of that uh, out there through a simple cartoon. Uh, yes, Warren. Um, and it's interesting that we had that cartoon of Dormier. Um, one of my favourite cartoons in history is, is the New Zealander slash Australian uh, David Lowe. And uh, uh, just to prove that the pen is mightier than the sword, his cartoons, I guess, parodying uh, Hitler and the Nazis. Uh, got under their skin so much that Hitler said, when we win the war, the first person that will go up against the wall will be David Lowe, who drew, drew those terrible cartoons about me. Now, that just shows uh, how powerful the image is. I think particularly these days when image is everything, uh, the visual image is paramount. Uh, you just have to look at online and the rise of Instagram, uh, the way politicians like to portray themselves, it's the way they're seen, this, this phrase, the optics. The optics is very important now. And what we do, uh, Johannes, Warren and myself, is we just shatter that, we tear that down. Um, and politicians, you know, they build these great sort of visual edifices to themselves and we are like those people sort of pulling statues down. We, we pull these images down and the cartoon cartoonist portrays them as they should be rightfully seen, cutting through all that, uh, I guess, political speak and uh, obfuscation. So it's a vital role, but I agree, as with a lot of media these days, it is under threat. And I guess that's because various groups are so motivated now on social media uh, that they can... I guess uh, attack and uh, and deride our our craft. Yeah, look, uh, Warren. Um, you know, being a Warren, you, you you know, you're like me. We don't get attacked too much. But everyone just praises and think we're wonderful <laughs> people. <laughs> uh, you know, so so what? You know, I, I just find it quite interesting that how society now, and it's not so much society. I think it's more. The elite class and you know, and people like that. Do you agree? It's interesting, and I, I like the um, the quote from King Louis Philippe about uh, the you know the cartoon being an act of violence. And can you go? I hope you guys can hear me okay. I'm a bit bit scrabbled, bush. So, is it, can you hear me? All right? Yeah, we well, are yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. You can hear? Can you hear me? Not too yes. bad. Cool. Um, because one of the so one of the interesting things that I think about this particular subject is 
what is considered the first political cartoon in Australia. And that was, you know, it's in the Mitchell Library in, in Sydney and it's the, it doesn't look like a cartoon, but it is. And there's been great discussion about this. And it's the, it's a painting of Governor Bly being dragged out from under his bed by the rum corps. Uh, and it's, it's, it's intended to incite, you know, aggressive um, reaction because, I mean, it's a, it's a painting about Governor Bly uh, and, you know, there was the, the, the rum corps mutiny. And, of course, it's painting him in a very unfair light um, he's, you know, being purported as being a coward and he's this, you know, these magnificent, you know, chisel-jawed rum corps mutineers, as they were, dragging dragging poor old Governor Bly out from under the bed. And the idea for that was it was promoting a political line there so that, you know, in convict days, one of the great things about cartoons in Australia and how they came about, it's because very few people could read and write and it's the picture and they, there are no words with that, but it got a lot of people angry and very motivated and, and put forward the idea that Governor Bly was actually a coward, which he, whether or not he was there, I don't know, but he was a very brave fellow. You know, he's kicked off the mutiny and, you know, rode six billion nautical miles to safety. Um, and I think he was a very tough fellow. But it, what it says to me is that the cartoon is a very, very powerful force in being able to shape opinion, whether you whether you were on the side of Governor Bly or not. And it painted these... Rum Corps mutineers as sort of big, you know, big sort of supermen. It says, I think, um, you know, the cartoon today still has that power as it did in, you know, uh, King Louis Philippe's time. And I, I can see that so long as cartoons are being drawn and drawn in the way that 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 we're doing it now, doing it today, as we have always done, I think it will always have that have that power. I think so. Yeah. And also the reaction. Now, if, if you you know, t looking at uh, your father's, uh, Jonas, looking at your father's particular uh, uh, about the about uh, what is happening in Aboriginal communities with his uh, with his picture of of the police officer, the kid, and and the uh, and the the father there. Uh, you know, when I, I'll tell you what, it really had a big reaction. And, and you know, even when I opened the papers up and saw it, I went, "Wow!" I just like, uh, "Gee, Bill, mate, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you know, cop a bit of a pizzling." That was my first reaction. The second part of it was uh, was, you know, what when you actually read it, it and look at the cartoon, it is, it does raise uh, some serious social issues there, and this. Caused uh, you know a bushfire out there within the, in the in the wider community. Well, it sure did, and um, you know, as always, there's a whole number of different things at play. But um, one of the things that uh, contributes, I think, in a lot of a lot of times to this widespread, deliberate um, sort of uh, you know misunderstanding or twisting of of the message of a cartoon. Um, it often happens because these days cartoons can so easily just be cut, cut out and removed from all the context around them, which as a newspaper cartoonist is, is the letters page or, you know, the opinion pages of a newspaper. And they, the, suddenly they're disseminated without all that context around them. They appear on people's news feeds on Facebook, etc., And people don't, they just have no awareness that, in this, you know, something like that, that particular cartoon you mentioned was the, the result of several days' worth of discussion in the newspaper at the time about uh, 
neglect, um, parental neglect of children in Aboriginal communities, um, widespread poverty, joblessness, the, the, the sorts of, um, you know, ills that, that, um, that you know, we, we, uh, people living in uh, remote Aboriginal communities face. And so that's one problem. Um, but, you know, Dad, Dad felt strongly about these sorts of issues. And, you know, the, if you look closely at the cartoon, or you don't even have to look closely, but there's a policeman in that cartoon too who's, who's, a, who's an Aborigine. And, you know, he's, um, I think Dad deliberately and consciously showed that, you know, that simple device tells you that this is not some slur on, on all Indigenous people at, uh, at once. Um, this was this particular, particular um, sort of issue that was being discussed here started out when Four Corners did its report on the Dondale Detention Centre in Darwin and the awful treatment of those children, kids in there um, who, you know, in, in the, the large majority of whom are Indigenous kids. And, um, you know, we all know what happened. It was a shock People, pe people in their lounge rooms around Australia were shocked by what they saw, and rightly so. But Dad went that bit further, which I think good journalists and good cartoonists should be expected to do, and that is he, saw, he thought, well, hang on, why are all these kids in these uh, in places like Don Dale? Why, why are the numbers of Indigenous kids so high? Something wrong, surely, in the homes of these children. This is a terrible situation that these Aussie kids are winding up in places like this. Um, so, you know, he, he, he dared to suggest that maybe some of these kids um, aren't getting the sort of um, start in life that they deserve because their parents possibly could be doing a better job of, of being parents. And uh, that is a, that's, this is not, um, you know, singular to the Indigenous community. As we all know, there are plenty of parents in every community of every skin colour you can imagine who don't do don't do the best job possible of raising their kids and why shouldn't a cartoonist be able to point that out if that's the talking point of the day and it's a serious one these kids are suffering um it's some of the things you hear about cycles of abuse and neglect uh, are so heartbreaking i mean i think this is the thing that you i've, I've always said was my dad was a compassionate person and, but he was, he was a gutsy person. And I think that cartoon um, was born out of compassion for these kids first and foremost, and, and, and a gutsy response that said, you know, um, he didn't back down and think, well, this is too touchy a subject for me as a white man to be talking about. Uh, he, 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 he just was moved to draw that cartoon. And uh, I think those of us who understood understood what was going on at the time understand that that was a cartoon um, that was very important, but sure, sure, people found it confronting and sure, people found it hurtful, but, um, you know, the, the, the message, and I know this with absolute certainty, was came straight from Dad's heart and it was, uh, he didn't, you know, he didn't show the fact that it might be confronting and hurtful to some people because it was a very important uh, subject to be discussed.
Yeah, well, it, it was, and it, and it gets to the, to this it basis of, of uh, you know, because uh, he did suffer a lot of threats and that. I, I just do a quick grab here, and then we'll continue this, and, and there's a couple other cartoons I'd like to have a look at as well that in the same vein. Uh, so if you want to help me produce more content like tonight's show in my Mundane Means Business series, join my Facebook supporters group. For less than a cost of a cup of coffee, you can be a monthly subscriber and help me get my message out. Go to my Facebook page and sign up. Now, following on from that, because he, he did receive death threats and everything, and we saw what happened with Charlie Heb Hebdo and what happened to all those people who marched the streets, you know, uh, and that because just recently there was another attack on Charlie Hebdo as well, is, uh, you know, we look at, Look at the uh, Serena Williams cartoon, uh, and this is where we uh, start. You know, we're really getting into the into the, into a crazy area, uh, because in the the Serena Williams cartoon, it was uh, about you know the winner of the uh, of the um, Australian Open, uh, and at, at this great moment in her life, very young young lady, you know. Uh, and it was all taken away by the behaviour of Serena Williams. And when she, and I thought it particular. And in fact, there's a photo of her, and it looks ex almost exactly like that cartoon. But the response from the from a lot of people, and you know, I'm not saying the majority, but a lot of people was, uh, this was wrong. You you can't depict uh, a, a, a an African American woman in this way. And and it's it's got to the stage now where you you know you you won't be able to draw African American women. You won't be able to draw Aboriginal people in that unless you have them in this in this perfect propaganda type uh, cartoons. Uh, so it is you know is, is that a concern, uh, uh, Mark Knight? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, it is, Warren. I that Serena cartoon was um, it was an interesting uh, situation. It, I, I watched the US Open. I, I, I like the tennis, and I love drawing cartoons about tennis players because I, there are a lot of brats in their midst. A lot of <laughs> uh, they are just fantastic at it. And that week, I'd been doing doing a few cartoons on it, and um, and our, there was a couple of Australians there, and uh, uh, our Nick was having his usual run of. Of bad behaviour, and I'd cartooned him, and and then I watched Serena play, and she was losing, of course, to Naomi Osaka, mm. and she lost the first set, and and then she lost it. She she, she spat the dummy basically in the second set, and uh, she she spat it big time, and I I drew her having a temper tantrum, and she's jumping up and down, and you can see she broke her racket, and there's a little dummy there. She's she spat that dummy out, and I thought I caricatured her performance um, as I saw it. Uh, and in the background, you have Osaka, who uh, is looking sort of non nonplussed at the at the referee or the umpire. He's saying, "Look, just let her have a way, have her way," as parents do to children who are having temper tantrums, say in the in the supermarket or somewhere that's uncomfortable. Just give the child what it wants, and then we can get through this situation. So that was the premise of the cartoon. But of course, uh, that 
was not how it was received many days later in various circles. Now, it was published in the Herald Sun in Melbourne, and we have a reader helpline log which uh, logs every complaint that the newspaper gets. Now, on that Monday, we did not get a call about that cartoon. Uh, it just sailed through to the keeper. Uh, what I did, I used to put my cartoons on Twitter and Facebook, and so I put it on Twitter, and I think I hashtagged it US Open, so it's gone straight into, I guess, the American feed, and uh, that's where it's been picked up and uh, by certain elements who... I guess America, I think we can safely say America is a hotbed of racial relations, as we've seen since that moment, yeah. with, of course, the, the, the sad uh, murder of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. But this cartoon was well before that, but still, as we know in America, racial tensions run very high. So the cartoon's lobbed into that, and I think it's been picked up, it's been reinterpreted, repackaged by a lot of celebrities who've put it out on their social media and said, this is racist. This harks back to the Jim Crow era. It's tantamount to the celebration of slavery. And I'm like, and I was seeing this rolling into my phone. My kids rang me up and said, hey, Dad, because uh, was, it was like 6 a.m. My boys rang me and said, Dad, um, you better check your Twitter account. It's, um, it's exploding. It's and on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it was, my phone was glowing red hot on my bedside table. So I yeah. picked it up and I've opened Twitter and I was watching the, the people who were either um, abusing me or wanting to become my friends. It was just rota It was going up in the thousands. And, um, and the first thing I did, I opened up and I, and, I, and I looked at the first quote in there and it was from a, a female US sporting journalist, a very major sporting journalist, and she said her first line was, he would never draw a cartoon like this about a male tennis player. This was a woman standing up for her rights and Knight would never do that. And I went, wow, I got you there. And so I sent her the cartoon I drew four days earlier of Nick Kyrgios, doing the same thing, and I, I took the piss out of him. Uh, and anyway, as we know, it does you no good to have a sensible argument on social media. <laughs> and so it just it went out of control, Warren, as we all know. It went around the world, and we even had security on the house here. Um, and it was labelled as a racist cartoon, but I saw it as a cartoon about bad behaviour, uh, by a black icon, and I guess that's my problem. I, I criticised an American black icon, and I've got nothing against Serena. I mean, we love her down here in Melbourne, uh, but I think that was what happened, and people said I was punching down on, on I guess, on black Americans um, because I'm a white guy of privilege, and it was seen to be, yes, a punch down. Now, look, Serena, I think, is a multi-millionaire. She's the world number one tennis player. She can defend herself. I don't think I was punching down on Serena. Um, just as I look at all my cartoons supporting Goodsy and, uh, and, and Kathy Freeman in her day, um, I'm still that same person. I'm still a supporter of, of black athletes and, and our Indigenous Australians. So it, it kind of... I, I found it quite painful to be labelled as, as a racist over that cartoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, 
Yeah, I was actually, I, I, I was watching it as well, and I just, I think, oh my god, you know, where was this all coming from? All of a sudden, you know, what? I, I, you can't predict a, a, a drawing of of an athlete, whether they're black, white, green, or pink, uh, when they when they carry on like a crazy person, or you know. Uh, and, and it also took away from the moment of Naomi Osaka in, in her great victory in that as well. Uh, I thought it was, a, to me, it was, it was a, a dummy spit. But this idea that, you know, because, and another thing was because you, you're also a, a, a white, you know, cartoonist, if you have a notice mark when you have a shave, it's, uh, it's you, you know, this is the <laughs> idea that white people can't ha have an a comment or a, or a say anything, and this idea that you can't cartoon uh, white people—I mean uh, African American people—when they do the wrong thing. Uh, yes, yeah, mm. so, so Warren, you know, you know, we are going into this crazy area. Yeah, there's a few interesting points that um, that both Johannes and Mark have raised, and one of the things that sticks in my mind is during the Sydney Olympics. Um, you know, Bill, Bill Lee, you know, Johannes' dad, mm. drew a cartoon about the Dondale Correction Centre with Kathy Freeman. She'd mm. just won a gold medal and the, the prison guards are holding the gold medal and, and saying, saying, oh, she, you know, laughing, saying she says she won it in a race. <laughs> and, you know, so, the, so Bill's, Bill's uh, sort of intrigue with the Dondale Correctional Centre went all the way back there. He was drawing cartoons about that and injustices in the Northern Territory way back when. The other thing, of course, is that Mark's, you know, fantastic Serena Williams cartoon, which beggars belief that it could be taken so far out of context and it just went stratospheric. Um, I mean, one of the, I mean, Serena Williams, she makes her whole shtick, her trademark is, is how she looks. She's a very large black African-American woman with crazy hair and she dresses audaciously and she's a bold personality. Um, she popped up in a, in a kid's movie that my son watched called Pixels and she's, you know, playing a caricature of herself. So I remember the great Australian uh, political cartoonist Paul Rigby, when he moved to the United States, ran into exactly the same problem that Mark did and he was drawing black uh, African-Americans the you know the way that, that they look but it happened to look and this became a real problem for me and he managed to weather through it but i mean i don't know you know where it will go in the future and what you know we now call political correctness what i think years ago in australia we called wowserism i'm not sure where it will all end up but um yeah it's a it's a strange time okay it is it is and then of course you get this uh this comment with uh I better get the name right, otherwise I'll get in trouble. Uh, Kamala uh, Harris, uh, went, uh, get the cartoon there with uh, with uh, Joe Biden, and, and 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 it was really a, like the, this is the language that Joe Biden uses, you know, you know, uh, about you know the little brown girls, and just recently he's talking about you know the the the, the servants in the you know he can stay in, in the in his in his hole in the ground in in his house, the basement, because you know they're always stacking up on the on the on his pantry and making sure the foods and that's all there. And and this is this again was attacked, and it wasn't it wasn't you know the person who should have been attacked was Joe Biden, but it, it, they they went for the cartoonists again, and and they and they tried to you know wipe him wipe it out. So you know here, here we go again. You know, Johannes, with this, uh, with this, this same divide, this same uh, 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 attack 
on people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And mm. look, just to pick up on something Warren just said a minute ago, he mentioned that dads where the coppers, these horrible, nasty-looking coppers are dragging Kathy Freeman into a cell in the Dondale Detention Centre and they're taking the gold medal off her and they're laughing between themselves, <coughs> insinuating that she's nicked it, right? Now, that was, <coughs> at the time, understandably seen as a satirical cartoon ridiculing horrible racist Australian policemen. Um, now, that there, you've got there's a, there's something that's almost um, something happens when you read a cartoon. It's you don't almost don't even notice, but you sort of you're reading uh, satire basically, and the language of satire is to send up. Uh, your target in your cartoon by sort of exaggerating or revealing or, you know, hamming up or, or exaggerating um, whatever it is that, you know, whatever nasty thing they do. And so in my cartoon that, you, that you've just shown, um, I'd followed the same sort of classic satirical uh, techniques. You know, I've, 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 I've twisted the words that Biden used, but only slightly, so that instead of talking about little brown and little black children, which was a direct quote, um, I, I said, well, if there's little brown girls and little little black girls, then presumably Kamala Harris must have at one point been a little brown girl. And this is, this is something that you can buy on a T-shirt that's, you know, Kamala Harris merchandise says, you know, little brown girl. So, okay, it's clearly... It's clearly a word that she adopts herself, but the or a term that she's pr quite prepared to, to roll with. Fair enough. But I've done. I've, I've used the classic satirical techniques. I've got Biden about to sort of make a grand statement, only to contradict himself in the very next panel by saying something that sounds racist because it did sound racist to me. And this cartoon, you know, was actually about. Racism. This country is about identity politics. This idea is about the tendency for some, you know, politicians or people in power to actually really talk down to people with different skin colour to them. I mean, when I heard what Biden said, I just cringed and thought how unbelievably patronising and how unbelievably mm. transparent it was as a sort of political uh, appeal to voters of colour um, because he's because he's this great white benevolent old bloke who's 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 decided to 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 bring on a you know a who's a person who's a woman of colour that this this is all you need to do to convince black and black voters out there that they should be voting for him. I mean that's what he was that's essentially what he was saying. This is a, this is an election campaign Let's not forget, this is the sort of thing people do. They'll, they'll do anything to get people to vote for them. And that's all I was doing there. And uh, again, I think context really mattered. And this one, I probably made the mistake of, uh, of expecting that other people had heard about what Joe Biden had said. They'd heard, maybe even heard the exact quote. And if they didn't, they probably would have seen it and thought, well, there must be something here because... You know, you wouldn't just say something in a cast unless you're referring back to something. But yeah, what really worries me is just this selective ignorance of of certain people when it suits them. They just 
they decide that satire doesn't exist in that cartoon when it always does somewhere. This is what we do. So I've uh, that suits them. They they ignore it. So and this is creeping in. I think a lot of the time. I mean, I can think of so many cartoons of my father's where he might have John Howard or Pauline Hanson, and they're saying sort of exaggeratedly xenophobic um, things in them. Now, at the time, everybody just loved them. Thought, good old Billy's sticking it to the to those xenophobes. And, and, of course, you know, poor them. I mean, maybe the things that they were saying weren't, weren't anywhere near what Dad ratcheted them up to, but this is the point. He's making a point of the sorts of attitudes that he perceives them to hold. Oh, well, that's Bill putting words in their mouth to take the piss out of them, right? Now, why that's all I did with Biden, but I, suddenly everybody said, that's you speaking. That's what you think. <laughs> Never mind the fact that Biden uttered those very words. So... I think the whole episode was unbelievably dishonest and uh, they tapped into a lot of people out there were just waiting, I think, to give me a bit of a kicking because they, they enjoyed giving my dad such a kicking when he was still around. Um, so I, I suppose I was a bit of a sitting duck and, and um, you know, the other thing is a lot of people are very, a lot of people believe truly that this, that the politics of identity and this new sort of, uh, all this virtue signaling around race and identity and and intersectionality and all this sort of stuff is 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 a is a path to a new sort of equality, and I and I, I maintain that I think it's an awful uh, road to be going down. I think it divides people. I think it it has for me. I, I have a tendency to sort of look at where you know try and find the endpoint. And when I look at the endpoint of this, I just see it ending in tribalism and division. And a sense that we are all suddenly supposed to look at each other through the prism of race and, and you know, gender, sexuality, all of these things, religion. And I just think that's a terrible way to break up society. It's a terrible way to sort of uh, to sow discord uh, when really we should all be looking well beyond the most superficial characteristics um, that each person has into the, the, into the core of of, of their humanity and and so look I, I um, I'm unapologetic about the cartoon I must say I, I don't regret it I think I think that it just revealed a lot about um, you know my detractors out there and their dishonesty to be honest and and look if, if people are offended that's that's also part of uh, part of being a cartoonist you know you just have to accept that um, I think it was revealing just how quickly it all died down in my case. It, it flared up like you wouldn't believe over about 48 hours and then it dissipated and I, I uh, was left with a lot of um, messages of support from people that really matter um, and who, who knew exactly what I was getting at. And I think that a lot of people just pretended they, they didn't want to understand what I was getting at because they actually are, a lot of them are very much attached to this new... For this this new racism really that the racism of identity politics and and I think that um, that I was I was poking fun at and they don't like that very much. Yeah, now, let's have a bit more of a discussion about that 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 very issue about uh, uh, the uh, about this thing about this new identity politics, which I find quite interesting. But first of all, I just want to give a plug for the good source. Thanks to the good source news for hosting our live stream tonight 
And if you want news and opinions you can trust, if you want media that is not compromised or anti-everything narratives, you want the good source. Go to the good, good source news to hear from some of the best conservative thinkers in Australia and New Zealand to hear independent voices on, a, on free speech. Uh, look, I'd like to open this up now for a wider discussion. People, if you feel like jumping in and, and wanting to say something, do so. Uh, it won't be a presidential debate type jumping in tough. Uh, I'm not going to become a Chris Wallace and try and control you. Uh, if you've got to, you know, just on that, I, what uh, Joanna's just finished on in regard to the this new identity politics, because I, I did it on my other uh, webinar, the uh, the mundane uh, means business where I interview Indigenous business people and, and talk about this stuff. Uh, uh, last week after the, I did this interview, uh, this uh, the bloke I interviewed, he rung me back half an hour later and he and he's he's uh, and he said to me, he said, what's happening with, uh, he's an Aboriginal person, he, he, he works and lives in um, uh, the Kalgoorlie in, in the gold fields and he said, uh, he said, what's happening? He said uh, that you know, he said, my parents and your parents and grandparents grew up in a period of time where we actually had racist laws and segregation and and stuff like that, and people's uh, and how people were treated. We've hadn't had that for on about fifty years, and uh, and he said, you know, there's, there's great opportunities for people, there's great opportunities to do things, and yet all of a sudden, in the last 10, 15, 20 years, we have this race theory and, I, and i'll give you an example i was i got into this 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 silly thing i know you and johannes because i got in mark and uh, on twitter i got into this this and a polite way of saying discussion with this bloke and 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 he said no matter how good whatever you achieve in life warrant you will always be oppressed you will always be oppressed because you're aboriginal and you're and you and you've got dark skin that, and that's that's your life, no matter what you do. I, I could become a brain surgeon, but that's I'm still going to be oppressed, you know. And I just couldn't believe it. So I put up that quote of Martin Luther King, you know, I wanted my children to be judged by their character, not by the colour of the skin. And this is what my parents fought for, and all Aboriginal people fought for was citizenship rights, civil rights. And here we are in this position now, where we have this 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 racial. Uh, 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 you know, you got to see things through race, and we tried to get away from seeing things through race, and we wanted to see things through as human beings. And this is, and you fellows, I, I suppose you are at the at the at the forefront of that because copying that abuse, because you see the same thing as well. I. Yeah, look, that's interesting, Warren, because I, I think when I drew that Serena cartoon, I, I just mm. saw her as a tennis player. That was an African-American tennis exactly. player. And I think that might have been part of the problem. Uh, and, you know, I, I, that's the way I think we also talked about before the way societies are being broken down into these micro-tribes where, where, where this person, where that person, rather than we're just part of the human race or Australians, uh, the, the fracturing and, and the, the, the micro-tribalism is, is um, it's, it's quite insane at times. So uh, I don't know where it's going to finish, but, um, yeah, maybe someone else has an opinion on that. What do you think, Warren? You're sitting there. Um, yeah. Look, it's interesting. I'm sort of bringing you back to something that we were talking about just a few minutes ago, and that was Bill's cartoon, Bill Leake's cartoon mm. from 20 years ago. 
Um, and Johannes was saying, you know, he's, Johannes's cartoon was along the same lines, but 20 years ago when Bill drew the cartoon about Kathy Friedman being dragged into the cell by the prison guards at the Dondale Correctional Centre and, and, you know, they're sort of making fun of her and, you know, presenting the idea that she's stolen the medal. And as Johannes was saying, people were saying, well, that's great, that's Bill sticking it up and that sort of thing. But it's changed now. 20 years on, it's not mm. the same. Mm. I've often wondered, why, why is this? And I think... And I think the three of us have, all, in the past two years, the three of us have all been brought before the press council or, or been up in arms, at least anyway, have been, been hammered over car particular cartoons, over racial cartoons or ra perceived racial cartoons. And I think 20 years ago, people were reading newspapers and understanding things in greater depth. Now you just get onto Twitter and if you've got however many characters or less, that's all the information you need to have. You don't need to you don't you don't need to read an editorial anymore. You don't even need, read, mm. need to read a front page anymore. You just read a few words and you can make your mind up and you're an instant expert because in your hand you have the ability to publish. And that's an amazing thing, you know. It's mm. it's like, you know, in the old days you used to find experts, you know, film critics and sport critics and all sorts of people and even cartoonists now everybody can have an equal voice, no matter how whether they're any good at it or not, or worthy of it. But they feel they can do that. So it's a it's a dangerous time. And so careful thought. I mean, when Johannes is explaining the cartoon, it seemed obvious to everybody what he was driving at. But if you're just some numb whose whole entire existence, you know, is held in an iPhone, then you'll never really understand what you know what the depth of, of what the, the thinking of cartoons. And of course, you know, op-ed pieces and editorials. What that's all about—that's what I think, anyway. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I just I found I went to a speech in Melbourne a couple of years, about three years ago. And there was a young Aboriginal girl there, young, given my age away. She was in her twenties, and she was working at this Australia Post, and she said, "Is." is for a, to be young and for, to be an indigenous woman, there's no better time in history for us. And 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 she said that. And and people, when I, when I, re, I said that, I repeated what she said to some other people. And they said, "Oh, that's just rubbish. You know, that, that she doesn't know what she's talking about." And I just, I just find this bizarre. This whole thing. Uh, and mm. also, uh, you know, as you as you know, I probably get some nice Twitter stuff. Uh, you know, what people, and and I just find it interesting that they use racist terms against you. They say, "Oh, you're a racist, you Uncle Tom, or you coconut." And I'm sitting there going, oh, "Wait a minute, you just used a racist term against me." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's just totally bizarre. You know, it's, it's I just laugh now. Before it used to upset me, but now I said, "Oh, I must be hanging around from with you guys. I've hardened up a bit." I just sit there and go, "What the hell is all this about?" You know, and and it, it is, and it is a bit of a, it's a bit of a problem, you know, because I'm a great believer when you talk to the bloke in the pub or the at the footy or down the street, and and that uh, most of them they they like what you're doing. Uh, it's this this this, and you're right, uh, you know, Warren. It is this this megaphone we have now in regard to uh, uh, you know Twitter and stuff. I, one of the things I feel sad about is is like Facebook and and, and that Twitter. Is that when they come out? It was good for me because I reconnected with people I hadn't seen since school, you know, back back in eighteen twenty. You know, these kids, and I was able to catch up with them and and, get, and we got together. 
got, and went to and went to weddings and of, of their kids and everything and my kids and that and we, and we had a great time. And then at Twitter, you could put out an idea and just drop it out there for for discussion. Now mm. you do that with your you know putting your life at risk, really. Yeah, look, it's interesting why with, with the feedback and the, or the blowback, as they like to call it, with cartoons. Mm. I, I always prided myself on on having a relationship with with my readers. And you know, years ago, you would get a letter and you would read it, and you would go, "Okay, they've made some points here about a drawing I've done." Now they would either put a, a phone number or an address. Sometimes I would ring them back, and they would go, "Oh." They'd get a surprise, but we'd have a discussion about the issues they raised about my cartoons. And usually that phone call with, would end with, oh, okay, look, great to talk to you. Thanks. Uh, it's good we had this talk. Um, bye. Uh, or you would write them a letter and they would get a reply back. Now, the same with the comments that they send to you. These people had to read my cartoon, consider it, uh, write something in on paper, Put it in an envelope, address it, put a stamp on it, and walk it down to the corner and post it. Now they pick up this, and they don't know anything about the issue. Like with Johannes's cartoon, they might know Biden's quote. My Serena cartoon, they might know that Naomi Osaka did actually have blonde tips in her hair when she played that tournament, and that's yeah. why with blonde hair, they can just go bang, 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 Nike, you are a racist, CF, whatever. And when you like to have a relationship with your readers, you look at that and you just can't. You you can't reply. And then when that comes in, you know, 10, 20, 1,000 fold, it just, it really, I, I don't see these social medias as improving our connectivity. Mm. I see them destroying mm. it. Uh, I, I see it as a complete destruction of of, of rational discussion and debate. So uh, that that's my take on on what's happening. It's probably what uh, exactly what Warren was talking about. So um, I yeah, I don't know where it's going to go. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean. And, and viciousness is sort of um, is rewarded and kind of encouraged on these platforms too. So, what starts out as a trickle quickly becomes a sort of avalanche of of bile and hatred, um, where where you know people are sort of trying to outdo each other in how nasty they can be. You know, it's it's, it's a yeah. horrible horrible place. And I, yeah. I I got off all social media altogether after that. I just you know my rationale was more um, about trying to give these people just to upset them really you know give them the least possible access to me because <laughs> that's the sort of thing that will upset them the most i mean if they can contact you it's you know you're making life too easy for them so i'd shut, shut down all of it i don't miss it at all um <laughs> but um but anyway yeah it's 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 weird isn't it cartoonists to sort of i think i think it's almost become a kind of national sport you know for <laughs> for people to sit around and look for cartoons that they can they can find something in it that they could say, hey, look, this is offensive and look how good that makes me look. And then that just sort of spreads. But look, when it comes to racism, there is nothing worse than racism. We all agree with that. Genuine racism is a horrible uh, phenomenon, you know, and it's an, it's an awful human trait, um, mm -hmm. but it exists. Now, you know, 
what seems to be happening is when when my cartoon comes out or Mark's Mark's cartoon or a Warren cartoon is deemed to be racist. Um, they sort of oscillate between saying that's a racist cartoon and you're a racist because so, you drew it or, you know, you've, you've unintentionally drawn a racist cartoon because you don't know about the rules and, mm -hmm. and that's telling us something about you deep down that you might not even be aware of. It's your, you know, unconscious racism, all this sort of stuff. I mean, these, these ideas are all they're sort of absurd. I mean, um, I was vilified by several people at the ABC over my cartoon on their Twitter accounts. And yet on S Sunday last, they pulled out an election cartoon, an election campaign cartoon of Biden and Trump that I drew last week. And they, they sort of, they scanned over it. They didn't go into too much detail, but, but it was there. So these are the, this is the same station, the same broadcaster that by and large, you know, so many of their very prominent personalities all came out and denounced me. And a matter of five weeks later, they're putting my cartoon back on the show. So if I, if I really am a racist or if somebody really is a racist, I don't want to know them. They don't get back hmm. on my show um, because I don't have anything to do with people like that. Now, they've got me back on the show. So what is it really saying? It's uh, am I forgiven now or was it really just a great big blow up after all, you know? I mean, racism, if it's real, it's a horrible thing. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't then say, oh, well, he's done his time now. We'll, let's, get a, let's get a cartoon if he's back on the show. So I just think that this is all just a great big, you know, exercise in virtue signaling where people deliberately choose to, to be offended, often on behalf of other people, to, to show how virtuous they are. And, uh, and it's just this this new sort of pastime that people get stuck into. And it's just, it's sad because it takes away often from important issues that we, we could all be discussing and everything just descends back into this free speech debate and this, um, this sort of circular, circular kind of argument we all find ourselves in. It was something you got to the press council and prove that it wasn't. And it's just, it's absurd, you know? So mm. I just get, I just, I just, find it's just um it really does worry me because you know we do trust our readers to to understand how to read a cartoon we do it we do sort of we think of them highly enough that we can present satire and they'll recognize it but it's becoming clear that people are not understanding that people's ability to decode satire is in decline i mean ricky gervais has talked about this there are th there's this tendency for jokes to be read in a very literal way now which essentially means they're not being read as jokes at all. They're just being read as inflammatory statements. And that's, if that's really where cartooning's headed, I think it's, it's really important for us cartoonists because this is, our, this is a, 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 such an important tradition and it, it enriches, uh, you know, it's an enriching um, art form, you know. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sort of um, cheeky... And, um, and and scandalous art form with a great Australian tradition behind it, and uh, and it just be such a shame if Wowzers ended up winning, and and it meant that you couldn't say things in in a comical way that that is often you know that are often very important subjects that that everybody should be discussing. You know? Yeah, and talking about important subjects, we've got this next one here is is the Medivac. Uh, we've got the Medivac cartoons. 
you know, this this is a, it was a massive political issue, and uh, and it was and, and you expect to have cartoons and and it was a huge discussion within the community and that, and and it's about border control. It was a, a huge political thing, and 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 yet and you so the idea that you couldn't have a, a cartoon or have cartoons about discussing this. Was uh, was quite bizarre. That's the other thing I, I think is bizarre too. If you, you know, you can't have an opinion and put a, a picture out there predicting uh, an idea, and uh, and whether you agree or not is just I just find this uh, quite uh, quite mad in a lot of sense. You know, uh, because otherwise the opposite is if you can't do that, then all you are is a propagandist. Mm. Yeah. Any comment on about that? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, 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 that, I mean, that's the great thing about. Uh, sorry, Warren. Uh, just, yeah. just briefly, uh, you know, I work for the Herald Sun, and we are a News Corp newspaper, but we're a very broad church of opinion uh, in our paper. We have Andrew Bolt, myself, uh, Susie O'Brien, who sort of leans more to the left. Um, but a lot of people, you know, brand the Herald Sun as being a Murdoch, you know, right-wing newspaper. Well, that's just patently untrue. These people don't obviously read the paper. And I love the way the fact we can have a whole host of opinions in, in one paper talking about the way they see the world. And, and this, is how, this is how I think society should run, not, a, not an echo chamber of, of one voice saying one yeah. thing. I mean, to me, that sounds like straight out of George Orwell, 1984. So I think it's it's important that we do all express the, the, these different opinions, uh, Warren. Exactly, I, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. I'm, I'm actually surprised, Mark, that you're able to get on the show tonight because you, I thought you had a, a phone hook up to Rupert and uh, getting your instructions for the rest of the week. <laughs> well, he keeps texting me saying, what are you doing, Mark? I'm trying to get... To yeah. Trying to get fruity. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, this is one of the things I find interesting because I'll, I'll, I'll let you come in on this one. One of the things I found interesting was the Australian. We were doing, we were promoting some stuff in the Australian newspaper on on Aboriginal kids who are able to 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 succeed at school and then go on. So every week there was a positive story about an Aboriginal kids a couple of kids or a boy and a girl and and all this every week and and uh, and i was talking to uh someone and they said they said oh we hate the australian it's such a racist paper it, you know it never says anything good about aboriginal people and i'm i'm saying wait a minute <laughs> every week they put these really good stories in there and they're sitting there and oh, i've ripped and, and that paper is just a racist rag. And I, I think they go, have you actually read it? And they go, no. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. I just, sorry. Who was that? So, I was just going to say, um, it's interesting, like, it, it's me. Um, just going to say, yeah. um, just coming back to the Medivac cartoons, this cartoon, my cartoon, and, and it ties in neatly with this story. I mean, the cartoon that I had there with Karen Phelps, and she was trying to ram this Medicare bill through on this particular week, and it was going through so quickly. The idea was that, that people could come from Nauru or wherever and for, for med, you know, supposed medical treatment. I'm sure that most of them would be the case, but they had no kind of provenance as to who they were. They were, they were 
unknown. And what would happen if they came to Australia and they turned out to be undesirable people? Well, when this was being pushed through, this cartoon here, um, that particular week, just before the Midivac bill was about to be put forward and passed, this undesirable guy was brought to a hospital in Sydney and then presumably assaulted two nurses. So And so it was like, oh, so I had the caption here, do you mind not doing that until I've got the bill passed? And so I had this guy, everyone's, you know, the Telegraph, we had this story here about this is the great fear. We've got someone who has actually arrived in Australia. We don't know who they are and they're probably never going to go back to Nauru or wherever. So I, I had this guy, you know, chasing people around and to give him menace, I gave him these teeth that made him look like a pretty nasty person rather than like a Benny Hill character chasing people around. Well, out of that, of course, um, and of course, uh, Mark and Johannes know there is a, a group of people trying to hunt cartooners down out there on Twitter. There's no shadow about doubt about it. It's sort of the usual suspects. And, you know, we got this, I, I was then, you know, uh, accused of being, you know, part of a sort of weird, as some sort of Murdoch apparatchik who's been, you know, instructed to do these sorts of things. And it's bonkers in my 30-something year career. It never happened to me ever. And But people love to think that there's this sort of of conspiracy that we're all working together. We're just saying it as it is. That's, uh, unfortunately, that's the ridiculous situation that arrived that week. And, you know, I ended up before the press council with this and it was taken just the cartoon on its own. Mind you, the story was hidden all over the front page and hidden all over page four and five and hidden all over the editorial and the op-ed. But nobody bothered to read that part of it. They just got the bit that was put on Twitter and said, oh, this is a racist cartoon. And I think that's what's happened. That's sort of what's happening with cartooning in general. People, what we were saying before, the idea of satire, is it being lost? The sorts of things yeah. that Peter Cook and Dudley Moore were doing, you know, 30 years ago or 40, 50 years ago, brilliant stuff in its day. Well, how would people view that now? Yeah, well, that's well, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm just uh, I'm going to do the timing on you, fellas. But you're right. It, it is, you know, shows as, as little as, you know, in the 90s and 80s and that you would not be able to show anymore and you have these ridiculous situations. And, look, I'll, I'll finish off with this. This is a, a quite a, a, a great cartoon of the uh, Westpac uh, a woke uh, sustainability team, right. and uh, uh, this is, and they're sitting around and that, uh, having a chat, uh, and they're talking about the, uh, you know, Westpac is in disgrace, and all they're doing is just talking about all this other stuff, which means quite nothing to everyone else. <laughs> I got my got my first ever got my first ever death threat from that cartoon, Warren. Oh yeah, oh, first ever, thanks, for showing, right. thanks for showing it again. I might get some more. <laughs> I don't want you. I just don't want you to feel lonely. You only got one death threat, you know. I've, I've had quite a few in my time. <laughs> I've had a lot more since. <laughs> I tell you what, he uh, must have been a, a, a former banker, I suppose. I don't know what the hell. Oh, well, how got, how did they get the get death threats over this stuff? <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, uh, all I, I'll tell you an interesting story about this if we've got time. Um, I got a message from a bloke who is is allegedly a, a world expert in this, on the subject of corporate social responsibility, and he's a visiting Danish uh, academic who happened to be in Australia at the time, and he picked up on this furor over that cartoon, and he wrote me a message and said, "Would you mind if I wrote a little piece about this and put it on my blog?" And I said, "Well, 
can I read what you're going to write first before you publish it? Because, um, you know, if it's just another great big tirade in, full of insults, I'll, I'll, I, think I'll, I think I'll say no. But he, um, so he sent me this piece and he said, you know, he's a, he's a strong believer in the notion of corporate social responsibility and the social licence uh, that companies like to talk about. Um, and, uh, but he said, let's face it, the cartoon makes a makes a valid point you know we 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 get so involved in in these social crusades as companies as big corporations often do uh they love to sink their teeth into all of this sort of woke stuff um which you know when something happens like the scandal what where what this cartoon is actually referring to is this unbelievable scandal that's just led to the the biggest corporate fine in history being handed down uh, to Westpac over um, them laundering money or basically being involved in this international money laundering racket where money was being wired off to places like the Philippines, um, often by, you know, people watching the most depraved sort of child sex, um, child child sexual abuse and this sort of thing. So, you know, they, they love to, the cartoon was just saying, Here's a company that loves to window dress and say, "Aren't we? Aren't we woke and aren't we virtuous?" But in that, they're doing this. They're they're just you know guilty of of the worst sort of social uh, crimes you could possibly commit as a company. Um, and you know, it's interesting. I think a lot of people there, there was a strong reaction. I think over that cartoon because I think a lot of people are very again they're attached to. Uh, you know, the, the, the diversity industrial complex in some way or another, they, they might benefit directly from it financially. Um, it gives them status. It's, it's, it's a real thing. It's an eight, they, they reckon it's an $8 billion US dollar industry, I believe, in the States already. Um, I'm talking about people like diversity officers, inclusion officers, or these people that sort of populate HR departments in big companies. And it's actually about coming around and just sort of poking the finger and saying, you know, maybe you guys, um, you know, maybe situations like this have a tendency to make it all look a bit, a bit shallow and a bit, a bit fake. And uh, that's all I was doing. Um, I wasn't having a go at any of the social groups, um, you know, or, or minority groups uh, that I, that I, that are mentioned in the cartoon. It was about this sort of corporate social responsibility uh, industry and and uh, and sort of how silly it can all stick and sometimes look when the when the when the sort of when the mask slips. Yeah, yeah that's right. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to uh, pull it up now. But uh, uh, we should catch up one night and have have a lemon squash together. I, I know that would Warren that that won't suit your taste. You'd like a bit of froth on yours. Uh, <laughs> And we'll, and, but thanks for the for the discussion tonight. You know, I want like to have a lot of these things, uh, just to, you know, because uh, I, I'm a great believer in in the, the the public out there that there are, you know, they sort of like us shake their head at these things and and say what's what's the problem, you know? Was, and I think we're losing a bit of us Australianness about us because as Australians, we're probably the the biggest satirist and and people who like to have a you know, have a go at each other and have a bit of fun and a bit of a laugh about it. Uh, you know, we're slowly getting away from that. I just cannot believe, oh, not slowly, rapidly getting away from it. Anyway, thanks for, thanks for being here tonight. I also I want to...
plug that if you want to help out, keep these type of shows going, go to my Facebook page. Uh, it only costs you a cup of coffee. Uh, but if you want to buy a lot more, like, uh, then please <laughs> please buy as much as you want. And also I'd like to, again, thank the uh, uh, the Good Source uh, uh, News for putting us on today. And, of course, it was great to catch up with you, Mark and, and Johannes and Warren. And, of course, uh, and Johannes, tonight you, you are just an honorary uh, genius of a Warren, uh, but after 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 I close the show, yeah. you're out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for giving me my moment. <laughs> Catch us later. Bye. Thanks a lot, mate. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks.